So I'd like to begin this morning by sharing with you two very old Chinese parables. Parable number one, a man realized that his axe was missing. Soon thereafter, the neighbor's son walked by, and the boy walked and looked and acted like a thief. Later that day, the man found his axe where he had left it, and the next time he saw the neighbor's son, he looked and walked and acted like an ordinary boy. Parable number two. A man dug a well by the side of the road. Soon thereafter, people began telling stories about the wonderful well. Then one night, a man running along the road fell into the well, and people began telling stories about the dreadful well. Then it turned out that the man who fell in the well was actually a criminal running from the police. And after that, people began to tell stories about the justice-dispensing well. Friends, how we see things matters. Perspective is very powerful, is it not? On the cover of your bulletin this morning, there is a picture of the earth. I invite you to look at it now and maybe later today as well. And then ask yourself, how do you see the world? What is your perspective on it? And how does God see the world? What is God's perspective? Well, in Jesus' day, the perspective of the Pharisees on the world was that the entire world was made up of insiders and outsiders. Now, they didn't just make this up. They were the inheritors of years of that kind of thinking, but they took this viewpoint to another level. Insiders, they thought, were holy, pious people, righteous people who followed all of the religious laws and thus were favored by God and rewarded by God with health and wealth and social status. Outsiders, on the other hand, were sinners, people who deserved to be marginalized, labeled ritually unclean. They were not favored by God, and so that meant that they had lives marked by ill health and poverty and bad luck. Nobody, and I mean nobody, wanted to be an outsider. Nobody did. So the Pharisees spent their lives trying very hard to earn their religious reward, trying to be as pious as possible and follow all of those rules and zealously avoiding anybody who might be a sinner because, you know, they might taint them and it would affect their social status. So the Pharisees, well, they spent their time hanging around with men just like them. But friends, in an incredible twist of irony, the Pharisees, the insiders who thought they saw things so clearly, actually saw things through such a twisted perspective that they might have been blind. In our text this morning, a Pharisee named Simon invites Jesus to share a meal at his home. Now, in that day, well-to-do people often constructed their homes around a central courtyard. It was sort of a C-shape. The outside faced the street. 
Sometimes there was a gate there, sometimes not. But regardless, in that courtyard was where banquets were often held. A big table would be there, and the guests would recline around the table. And this meant that people walking by on the street could see who was at the banquet and even catch some snippets of conversation. So to a person like Simon, it was very important that people passing by see him eating with other pious insiders like himself. Well, everyone's assembled at the meal. Jesus is there reclining, eating, when all of a sudden a woman comes in off the street, comes into the courtyard, marches right up to the table. This woman is an outsider, a sinner. She approaches Jesus and she begins to cry. Her tears fall on his feet. She uses her hair to dry them and then she has an alabaster jar of ointment and she opens that and she pours that on Jesus' feet. She anoints his feet and kisses them. It's clear that this is not the first encounter between Jesus and this woman, that they know each other. And to Simon, this is scandalous. This is completely inappropriate. People might see. And on top of that, she's touching him. She could taint him because she's an outsider, a sinner. And so Simon says to himself, well, if this Jesus was any kind of prophet, he would know who this woman is and what she's done. Well, friends, Jesus does know the woman. He knows who she is. And that's the point. That's the point. He does know her. He knows who she is. He knows that she is a human being dearly loved and forgiven by God. You see, friends, God does not see the world in terms of insiders and outsiders. That might be news to some of us who are still holding on to that worldview ourselves. There are those among us who do believe that God has favorite people. Those favorites are determined, we think, by behavior. You're one of the good ones. God loves you better, and you are thus rewarded. You're a sinner, an outsider, a person who is still struggling to get it right. Well, then God just scrapes you off to the side, and your life well, it's affected accordingly. But my friends, that worldview is false. It's false. Again, God does not see the world in terms of insiders and outsiders. God sees the world through eyes of love and mercy. It's not that God doesn't see our sin. Of course, He does. God sees all of who we are. It's just that God sees through all that and loves us anyway. God's response to our sin, our brokenness, our humanness is not to scrape us off to the side and label us an outsider, but instead, God offers us a surprising gift of grace. 
It's like this. Have you ever been loved well by someone in your life? Have you ever been loved really, really well? Well, then you know that it's not that your spouse or your child or your parent or your sibling or your friend thinks you're perfect. They know that you're not. They're not blind to your struggles, your imperfections. In fact, they may be witness to some of the worst things you do in your life. They see all that. But they also see through to your heart, to who you are. And they love you anyway, and they forgive you for your shortcomings. My friends, if a human being can love like that, how much more does our Father in heaven love us? If I love you, you would have to multiply that love by infinity for it to even touch how much God loves you. You could take all the love in this room and multiply it a billion times over and it would not come close to the amount of love that God has for you. God sees the world in each one of us through eyes of love. And I wish, I wish with my whole heart that Simon the Pharisee could have understood that. But he was too caught up in this worldview of insiders and outsiders. He was so obsessed with trying to earn his reward that it cost him the greatest one of all, don't you see, friends? Simon couldn't even admit to himself that he needed forgiveness. Thus shutting his heart off to the reality of grace and the transformation that comes with it. This is why the text tells us that Simon loved little and why he was rude to Jesus. He was rude, you know. He didn't even offer Jesus the, the basic courtesies afford a guest at that time, but this sinful woman forgiven? She doesn't see insiders and outsiders. She's been vulnerable and open herself to the reality of grace. And thus she's able to pour it out to Jesus and indeed to the world. You see, friends, when we get it, when we understand that this life is not about insiders and outsiders, but is instead all about transformation by grace, it changes everything. It changes everything when we can admit that we need forgiveness. When we accept that forgiveness in our heart and we allow God's love to work, we are transformed. We not only understand that God sees the world through eyes of love, but then we're able to see the world that way too. One of my dearest friends is a Christian counselor in the Dallas area. Her specialty is addiction. I really admire her. She's so good at what she does. And she has incredible empathy for her clients, the people she tries so hard to help. It's sacrificial work, that's for sure. There have been many nights that she's been on the phone late with someone calling her from a bar. There are other times that she's had to step aside from a family gathering like a birthday 
and spend an hour on the phone with somebody in crisis. One Christmas Eve, she spent at the hospital with a couple whose adult son had overdosed on prescription drugs and was in a coma. The empathy she shows is incredible. You know, I didn't know for a very long time that she had been an addict herself. But eventually she told me. She said that at one time in her life, her drugs were her religion. She loved them more than anything. And as a result, she burned a lot of bridges, hurt a lot of people. It cost her a lot of relationships. She stole from her own mother. She did. But she got into recovery. She got into 12-step, and in that process, opened herself to a God of grace. And she realized that she was loved beyond her wildest dreams and forgiven, too. And that changed everything. I love the way she talks about this. She says, I just can't get over the fact that I've been forgiven. I just can't get over the fact that I've been forgiven. I wonder if the woman in our story this morning might express it that way. Perhaps she just couldn't get over the fact that she had been forgiven. That forgiveness changed her life and enabled her to pour out grace to our Lord. My friends, I pray that you know this world is not about insiders and outsiders. I so hope you don't believe that. It's not. No, our world is a kingdom being built by grace. If it was about insiders and outsiders, well, then the gospel would be an evacuation plan to heaven rather than a plan to transform the world. And it is the latter. God is transforming this world through love and forgiveness one person at a time. When John wrote those immortal words, for God so loved the world, he wasn't exaggerating. God does love the world. God sees the world through eyes of love. God sees you through eyes of love. And if you can accept that in your heart, believe it, and allow it to transform you, well then, you can see the world that way too. Will you pray with me? Most loving and gracious God, we confess that we are inclined to see things in terms of insiders and outsiders, desperately trying to claim our reward. Forgive us, O oh God. Enable us to see the reality of your grace, the mercy and tenderness with which you view the world. Allow that to transform us so that we can extend that same grace to others. It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen.